Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and I'll arrive at episode 306, where there's intellectual rigor and wisdom, but never a thoughtful fist. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm better. You sound Yay! better. <laughs> a little hang around of nasal stuff, but that's about it. Got my voice back. Feeling better. No fever all week. That's good. Yeah. Just in time for the holidays. That's right. Hopefully I got over it and nobody else got it because the kids have performances come up and my dad and my sister are in a play and I'm all weekend long thinking, oh, I'm going to get everybody sick. I know I'm going to get everybody sick before the performances start. And you're just a little black rain cloud, aren't you? I know. Huh? <laughs> I think I'm not performing. Although I'd be well by opening that book. Yeah. <laughs> just every week here. That's right. What'd you guys do? We didn't do much. Uh, we went and saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So did I. Again? Oh, wait. <laughs> I already reviewed that. <laughs> well, you talked about going to see it again. You talked about going to see it again. I Maybe did, changed your I? mind. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think, Keith? I enjoyed it. Uh, for the most part, I enjoyed it. So <laughs> it has pacing issues, but I was engrossed enough that I didn't mind it. I had enough fun watching it that I didn't mind it. Uh, she does, as an author, tend to have a crutch, at least in the first of the installments, that I saw the big twist coming. Um, I don't want to say much more than that, because I know you haven't seen it yet, Sean. Uh, I think some of it lost its I don't know, magic and appeal to me, setting in it in America. I don't know, there's just something very... British about Harry Potter, that transplanting that world here, I know it's supposed to exist, but it just doesn't quite work as well for me. Like the phrases, just non-madge. Non-madge instead of muggle. Yeah, just, why even change that, I guess? Uh, I don't know. I'm willing to see what happens in the next movie. Sarah didn't love it as much as she thought she would, but she's a much bigger Harry Potter fan than me, too. Her bigger issue was the, she's not sure... That sort of story works in a setting where they're trying to suppress magic. That's a big thing of you know, uh. as opposed to Hogwarts where magic is encouraged and you know you're learning. And in New York City, you've got to try to keep it quiet and big climactic finale, and they've got to cover it all up. You know, kind of Torchwood syndrome. No group of wizards standing on on Fifth Avenue with wands out yelling Murka. No, no, no. <laughs> Might be a good thing, but I, I I I enjoy the movie. I I look forward to watching it more than another time. Just to, I heard there's a lot more nuance in there than I probably was able to absorb. So I do look forward to digging into more of that world. Now, do either of you feel because this is a prequel? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Obviously, set well before. Do any of you 1930s? Either of you feel like there's a? I w- I kind of wish I'd have watched this one is a refresher going into it or, or is it just no, as long as you kind of sort of remember Harry Potter you're fine I did feel in the beginning like I was thrown into the deep end like it's it's not like the first Harry Potter film where you gradually work your way into it you are in there and you're deep and if you aren't fresh up on everything there's same things that are going to fly over your head hmm. but that being said it's still done well enough that 
non-Harry Potter fans could go into this movie and still get everything. Okay. I just felt like there was some stuff in the beginning that was kind of going past me, just because just, I wasn't, I haven't brushed up recently. We kind of entertain the thought of going back for a rewatch, just because it's been a while since, you know, I've sat down and watched all the Harry Potters, but at the same time, going into the holidays and the busyness, and that's eight films, and yeah, it's a prequel a, anyway, so, you know. Well, and it's, it's one of those, I only caught a couple of strong references to the main movies. A couple okay. of strong ones. There's just a big one. <laughs> oh, and then a smaller one. Okay. Well, yeah. more of. But I think it. I think that, it kind of ties together too. So. Well, I think so too, and I think that sets up future right. things also. So. Which. I think it was. I don't know if it was just you and me or you and me talking about how they were going to do more films based on. Oh. Based in this universe, can and but now I know. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. Yeah. Now. Well, or at least four more. Yeah. For this particular run. And one of those nods to the other films, I wouldn't have thought had as big of an impact if it weren't a person I recognized in just a picture. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. yeah. It's a name drop, but it sets up. Not Albus, but uh, no. the other guy. No. No. Somebody else completely different. Oh. Aberforth, but no. That's who you're thinking about. That's what I'm thinking Aberforth. of. Aberforth. Because he's supposed to be in one of them, but... Did you guys hear who's uh, rumored to be the young Dumbledore in the next film? Strong rumored is Arthur Darville. Oh. All right. I don't know how I feel about that. I suppose it depends yeah. on how young. <laughs> I think yeah. he'd be too young, I think. Because I get the impression Dumbledore's, like, very, very, very old. Yeah. Because even in the flashbacks that we got when Hagrid was, Hagrid was at school... It was still it was, Michael Gambon. And yeah, no, it was... Um, Oh, was it Richard? Uh, was it Richard Harris in Harris, the flashbacks? Because yeah. mm-hmm. that was in the second one, Chamber of Secrets. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. was thinking of the other flashbacks with Tom Riddle. Oh, there was that one too, which was which had <laughs> Michael Gamble, and he was quite young there too. So that's where not quite young. Okay, we were on the same time. Yeah, sorry. Boy, I need to go back and rewatch. This movie. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of the, that. If for nothing else, for the Dumbledore flashbacks. Apparently, <laughs> when Hagrid got in trouble for having. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. The giant Ag- agar agog. Yeah, that one. That one. <laughs> it's a giant spider. It doesn't need a name. It's just Hello, Giant Spider. <laughs> the The movie did really make me want to go pick up the next Harry Potter book since I, you know, haven't finished reading them all. So really, that's something too. I thought you'd finished them. Oh, uh, just four. I finally oh, you got stalled, <laughs> stalled out on four. I, I finally finished four. It took me a while to start four. Well, that's the longest one, so that's true. <laughs> From there also, on. I know I know there are people who like it. My my humble opinion, it's the worst of the of the bunch. I did not like four. It was it was better than I ex- I thought it would be. Considered it was my least favorite of the movies. It's better than the movie, but the movie's also my least favorite of the films for Order, similar reasons. Order of the Phoenix, I think, is one of my favorites. The fifth one, hmm. and one of my favorite movies. I would agree with. Anyway, that. we're. <laughs> what else did you do? There's our Harry Potter talk for the week. I didn't really didn't do anything else, Sean. Uh, well, you did go out and see a movie, but it was not Fantastic Beasts. We went and saw Manoa. Mo- Moana. Moana. Moana? How was Moana? It was awesome. I really, 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 really liked it. It's fun and funny and bright and colorful, and I feel like they got the Polynesian mythos right, and they were respectful about it, which is something that I, I appreciate. Um, and the 
in a way, one of the best bits, which I think it makes sense when you see the story and the way it's laid out, because there just wouldn't have been room for it. But what was kind of surprising is the fact for a quote-unquote Disney princess movie, there's no love story crammed in there. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of nice. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. But um, no, I, I think I liked it better than both Frozen and Zootopia, which are ones that I praised pretty highly. But uh, I really wow. liked this one. It had fun songs, too. And Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, sings. I kept listening for it going, I can't tell if that's actually him or if they got one of those other guys to come in and do singing and his name's in the credits, performed by. I was like, huh, he's huh. a multi-talented individual. So the songs are really great? Songs are great. I loved them. In fact, I, this, I, I entertained buying the soundtrack, which I haven't bought a Disney soundtrack since well, it is The Lin- Lion it King. It is Lin-Manuel you know. Miranda, so I mean. But, um, yeah. Good stuff. Really, really, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing that one eventually. Did you see anything, Glenn? I didn't really watch anything this week. We set up our Christmas inside, and all that taken care of. We didn't get quite to get to the outside. Of course, then everybody had Thanksgiving on Thursday. We had dinner with my, or lunch dinner with my folks, and then went, then of course I had to work. So. I was hoping to get to mine Saturday when it was gorgeous, but. Your Thanksgiving my, or your Christmas? Decorations. My, my decorations. <laughs> we did Thanksgiving on Thursday, and then we did another Thanksgiving on Friday, which was... Ugh. I bought some good supplies to do more decorations outside, and bought those Saturday, and thought, yeah, I'll do those today. Nope. <laughs> Too windy and rainy. Yeah. Today was a really bad day for it. That was my problem. We decorated inside yesterday, and uh, I thought I could decorate <laughs> outside today, and then yeah, I should reverse. That's all right. Yeah. In- interior is done. Something else said she saw your picture on Facebook. She's like, Glenn's already got his Christmas tree up. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like two hours after Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it took him this long. I'm surprised if he I wasn't work, waiting to plug in the tree. If, if I hadn't worked Thursday and Friday, it probably wouldn't have waited until Saturday. What happened Thursday night? In, in my mind, Glenn has there's a special button on the wall in his house that just says Christmas, and he pushes the button, and the floor goes, oh, and the tree's already up and lit. If I could do that, that would be awesome, because then every once in a while, like in July, when I just am in a Christmas spirit, I could push the button and do it for an hour or two. Yeah, because I, I couldn't get away with that with the <laughs> Mason might be all right with that. He likes Christmas a lot, too. We got his tree put up downstairs, too. So oh. He pretty much did most of it himself, too. He's nice. got a Santa Claus theme. So oh, Santa all of his, theme. All of his ornaments are pretty much Santa Claus. We've got some baubles on there that you know are just Christmassy colors. And then uh, Holly bought him a Santa hat, but it's got Santa's face on it and then the Santa hat. And so he put that on top of the tree. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's all I did this week. Fun stuff. Well, should we move on to news? Yes. Our first bit of news, if you did not see it on our Facebook page, Time Eddie 3 announced their first guest for next year, Mr. Sylvester McCoy himself. Yay! That's exciting. If they'd have done Peter first and then... Colin, they'd have done all the doctors in a row so far. <laughs> Holding out hope that in 2018 we get eight. Yeah, Because I've actually met these three now. I need to meet. <laughs> I know. I've got eight's autograph, thanks to Sean, but I still need to meet an eight. And get a night of the doctor autograph. Yeah, that's what I should do. <laughs> that's Definitely. what I planned on. Definitely. 
So that's super exciting. I get a with yeah. nail autograph. <laughs> 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 That'd be kind of cool. Actually. That should be kind of clever. I wonder what his you know, reaction you should get to that him and be. Richard E. Grant on that. Yeah, you should get both him and, and I on there. And uh, <laughs> oh, he was I, wasn't he? He was I. Yeah, he was so I. So you should get with Nell and I on there and then do get them both to sign it. That'd be awesome. So that'll be fun. That's coming up in October. Very very excited for Time Eddie to come back. Of course, tickets and rooms are available now. So go book those. While you can, October twentieth and the twenty second. And I know that through we, the twenty second. We've said this before, but if you're kind of hemming and hawing about making a trip to the wilds of Kansas for this thing, if you've not met Sylvester, you need to come meet Sylvester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a blast. I've seen him twice. Well, once I was there on the panel with him, but <laughs> do, do we really get to say that we were on stage with him? Because we, we were for the first uh, for a few minutes. We were for the first ten minutes in the last five. He was on stage, and then we were on stage, and then he left the stage. <laughs> but then he came back to the stage. I'm gonna I'm not take it personal, but <laughs> no, you need to come see Sylvester. So come to Time Eddie. And I hope Kieran is working on getting a wireless microphone for him. Yeah, <laughs> we, we probably should give him a heads up. On that. <laughs> New new venues, so who knows what they're going to have to offer. That's so. true. That's true. Any uh, surprise Power of the Daleks news this week? <laughs> no surprise Power of the Daleks news. No glitches. No it's glitches just in. It's still not on. <laughs> oh, it was on. It's just on. Just one episode at a time. time. Not the way it was supposed to Episode happen. two aired. <laughs> All right. Uh, are there any ratings numbers out yet? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen those. Uh, our other bit of news, uh, Candy Jar have announced the next Lethbridge Stewart ebook, The Wishing Bazaar. Uh, back from New York, Lethbridge Stewart is investigating one of the strangest cases he has come across his desk yet. Wishes are coming true, and there's one thing Lethbridge Stewart doesn't believe in is magic, but what if he's wrong? Ooh. So, a story set between Times Squared and Blood of Atlantis, written by Sharon Bidwell. Why does that name sound familiar to me? It's a good question. That's not familiar now that you say that. Is an author who, as well as writing several novels under the pen name Sharon Mar- Maria Bidwell and Sharon Kernow, also wrote books in the Space 1899 and Beyond series. Which one of those you was mean 1999? Co- nope, 1899. 1899? Yeah, it's the Candy Jar. Oh, one that's of, one the, of which yeah, was yeah, co written yeah, yeah. by yeah. Andy Frank and yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. I don't think. That, I don't think. <laughs> are those Candy Jar books or not? But Andy wrote. He, he did co write one yeah. of them. At least. At least one. Okay. Yeah. Pretty sure there's more. Other than that, I'm not sure, Glenn. That could just be where you know it from. Could be. Could be. I was looking into those because I was going to order those. Andy had suggested those. What else? That's it. News. Ah. Kind of a quiet week. Obviously, the 53rd anniversary was uh, Wednesday. Came and went. Maybe yes. I watch Adventures in Time and Space. I thought about it and went home and passed out. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. Uh, I did watch something this week because something I already seen. I did watch it when I got home from work that night. Still as good. It is still as good. I've been meaning to go back and rewatch it because it's been a really long time since I watched it. Well, probably three years. Probably. <laughs> Maybe two. At a guess. <laughs> Maybe two. I might have watched it when I got it on Blu-ray. Well, shall we move on to our reviews? Let's 
What would you gentlemen like to tackle first? Power of the Daleks. Power of the Daleks. So we'll be reviewing episode one and two of this. Hopefully everybody's had a chance to see it. It aired on BBC America on Saturday, and then it dropped on uh, various platforms today for those of us that are getting it through iTunes or other various digital forms. I suppose we'll sound the spoiler warning now. We should. <laughs> Potentially. Because you've had a week to watch episode yeah. one. 50-year spoiler warning. A day for episode <laughs> Well, it was not available. <laughs> unless you were there. Unless you can legitimately say, I was there where that aired. You haven't seen it. Seen it, but you could have heard it. Because yeah, I'm in that boat. I'm actually going to. Or read it. I'm going to mostly talk about um, the animation and the aspects of it, and not necessarily go into the review. I think you guys would probably agree it's kind of hard to review a story when we don't have all of it yet. It really is. And I think we could review them an episode re- at a time. I can but also, elements of it. But I've all, yeah, and I think that's okay. I think it's fair. But I've also I have listened to this. I've watched the reconstruction, and I have watched a fan made version of it. So I I I'm very familiar with this story. So. I haven't read it yet, but <laughs> maybe we'll do that in. Uh, That's January what we should too. do with the full one. Yeah, I have it on there. Right. Reading it, cool. Well, what do you guys think so far? I, uh, as far as the animation goes, here, here, here's my thing. It's I'm enjoying it, and I, I'm I'm ecstatic that they animated this thing. I'm glad to have it. I'm glad to have it in our collections. I'm glad they did it. I hope they continue based on this and and continue to animate things. I think I have some issues with the animation. Although I'm appreciative, appreciative of it, um, I talked a little bit last week about how you know, it's the really it's the uh, computer animated, you know, almost like paper dolls moving them around, you know, which is when you're animating things quickly, you don't have time to do frame by frame. You do them in a computer. This is kind of what you get. So I, I mean, I'm accepting of that. I think my biggest problem with it is the likenesses of people. Number one. Uh, Ben doesn't look anything like Ben. Yeah. He doesn't look anything like Michael Craze. I think Polly looks great. I think Polly that, looks great. Yeah, that one's dead on. And the doctor's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with the doctor. But everybody looks angry. Everybody has these really <laughs> it's those dark, sharp yeah, lines, and, it's, and everybody looks angry, and that it, just bothers me. I get thing, I get used to it after a while. But the thing with the animation is, it's everything else but the people are gorgeous. I was noticing that while watching this. The Daleks yeah, look phenomenal. Look the backgrounds look that, great. The console shot. The console the looked wonderful. Looks great. It's just, I think it's one of those things where anything you, with, when, with when you sharp lines, people, it's yeah. hard to do. Anything it's with sharp lines realistic. and technological, the, those look great because it's it's a computer doing it. But yeah, yeah. you're right. When you start talking, doing dealing with features and things like that. Um, we've seen worse as far as animation goes. Oh, yeah. But it's just... it. It's just Rain not quite there. Looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not quite there for me. And so, again, uh, that being said, I'm enjoying the fact that we have it, and I'm enjoying the story. I mean, I, I, I'm familiar with the story, so I know it's going to happen. It's nice to be able to see it moving. You know, it's nice to be able to see it in action. Um, I remember listening to this one particularly, and there being a lot of like audio, uh, like like um, uh, what am I lack of dialogue and so there's a lot of like these great sound noise yeah, yeah. And, and i listened to uh one that i believe was narrated and so that's kind of filled in but it's still it's just there's not a lot going on uh uh audially so you don't get a lot so it, they seem yeah. to the, the, the pace of this is a lot better because i'm actually seeing something happen in this one as well so i can agree with that i Going into it, I'd heard that the animation was a little herky-jerky um, with that 
kind of you, you mentioned like construction paper almost almost like south park but south park i think has kind of evolved in the however many years they've been on now where it's it's not what it was and it started and i went no this is fine this looks just like the other anime stuff until somebody walked it's the walkings that's the worst and then all of a sudden it was like wow there's a stick up the puppet and they're kind of (laughs) moving it across the screen and the legs are flailing around and it almost looks like the waistlines are not where they ought to be The, the whole i'm fine with it it's all of it i think is gorgeous until somebody walks, and I almost wish that it was done a little more like the um, uh, this, the, the old Star Trek, you know, yeah, series yeah. of the Hammer Bear, where it was <laughs> just talking heads until you actually simple, had to have right. action. Scene. If yeah. you're going to do the simple animation, then simplify the animation. Yeah, but I, I understand where they were coming from, wanting to do this as you know, probably closely to the original as as they could, as opposed to extrapolating much. Now, I haven't seen the original, and, so and I don't I be- know how much they've changed. I believe they yeah. had telesnaps to, as reference points, so I think they're, they're, they're borrowing heavily from any, any at least anything that, you know, uh, visual Any visual representation yeah. of it at all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having said that, I, 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 like you, I'm just appreciative of to have it in an animated format, and maybe the standpoint that because this one is a six-parter, and there was so much more to animate versus the ones that we only wanted to. Scale back Maybe we had to scale back on the cost, oh, and, sure. and and so doing it. Well, by the, not, I don't you know, think it's even cost. I think it is. I think it has to do with time. I think it, they probably started this project last year, the beginning of the year. And when you you know when you're doing cell animation frame by frame, you got a lot of time. I and mean, it takes you know years to do a Disney film, even in the computer animated yeah. Disney films of today. They certainly take less time, but they still takes a lot of time. And when you're doing you know an hour and a half, two hours worth of animation for a Doctor Who story, yeah, you just you got to knock it out really quick. Yeah. That's how they did it. So. Um, I, I really look forward to seeing the color version of it, and I because I do wonder if some of that animation with the people, granted it won't help the motions, but the style of the people might be a little eased and not be as harsh. Maybe just a little coloring will make the difference yeah, on them as just, opposed to just the black and white. Because we're seeing the sharp lines and they probably I don't know maybe they had to increase the lines and make them more harsh to make the black and white so they those lines stand out so the faces look right instead of just a wash of just one color I don't know but I'm, I'm enjoying the animation uh, I kind of have the similar issues but not it's not bothering me enough to go oh god this is horrible uh, I think part of it is also the yeah, the, the story is also good enough so far for oh. me the story is so good, and I have always enjoyed this story. <laughs> that I'm, I'm, in, I'm champing at the bit to watch more of it because I want to know what happens. Obviously, to some extent, I know what's going to happen, but <laughs> <laughs> all bad. Yes. Uh, now, is it just me, or does the one scientist and I can't remember his name? I haven't gotten his names down. Yet. Mr. Octagonal glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anybody think he reminds you of Niter from? Uh, oh, totally. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, Genesis I can see that. <laughs> I keep looking at it going, I can't get the fact that I think this is not even in my head. <laughs> um, I will say that I, I, I sat down and I popped it on, and I don't know why I kind of had in my head that, okay, well, I, I've got, I've got my, my homework you know, for, for, the, for the podcast on, and then uh, I'm going to do this. 
and it started with the regeneration like right off the bat like what it is just this? anything it didn't oh. matter it was just in my head that I, I like i don't normally multitask but sometimes it's like well i've got other things that i absolutely have to get done so i thought well i'll just go ahead and i'll, I'll put this away while i'm you know got this on and it jumped right into the regeneration without the opening credit sequence and that threw me it threw time. me and then it was <laughs> immediately it, it, it ground me to a stop going no this is new, remember? You've not seen this, like, at all. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to sit down and watch this. And then the regeneration started, and immediately I was captivated, and I dropped everything that I was doing and just kind of stared at the television for, for 28 minutes because it was it was just, you know, compelling. And it was doubly fascinating to see a regeneration that I've never seen before and how it was handled. We saw it at the end of Ten Planet. But not the... The, the, the other side. Not the, not the back side of it. Well, we saw the regeneration. You mean the post-regeneration? The post-regeneration. <laughs> and, and the fact that they called it a renewal in the show and how they were handling the regeneration sickness without it being regeneration sickness well, and just, you know, everything that the, went along with it was like, wow. That's the interesting thing about that is if you put yourself in the perspective of we're watching this retroactively and so all of the doctors, for the most part, have had some sort of regeneration <laughs> issue that they've gone through uh and and it, it's manifested in various forms and so it's interesting to go back when we didn't really have in fact it's i think when you place this it's more of a they it wasn't really he they, they weren't conscious of saying he's having regeneration issues they weren't conscious of that they didn't know where they're going with this doctor that's yeah. what it boils down to and so the doctor was just being aloof and being um uh, mysterious, mysterious and, and things like that and so with our eyes, we look back on it and think this is just because we know where Patrick Droughton as the second doctor went with the character. This is so, so different that we, we look at it and think, oh, it's easy for us to say that's the regeneration sickness. That's the sure. effect of the regeneration. Yeah, no, I get where you're but going But if you think that. about it at the time in the 1960s, it was like that no one knew no one had ever experienced regeneration. And even the people that were writing it didn't say he's going through he's going to go through like this weird stoic change that you know until and then eventually he'll be he'll kind of come out and that wasn't even thought of that yeah. was just the, pro, the the progression of the story so I, i'm sorry no no it just it, 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 it makes me wonder i mean it's it's as you said it's easy for us to write it off as it's the regeneration sickness but it, it makes me wonder now how many later ones were kind of purposely modeled after this maybe well, this mean, is it's... where regeneration sickness came from because everybody went well, he was crazy after that, so let's let's do that, you know. And, and could be. See, and I never thought that while watching it. I never thought of the regeneration sickness. I I guess I just, especially after seeing Underwater Menace and reading the Macatera. We keep calling it sickness. It's not no, sickness is the wrong term. The effects, yeah. but uh, after seeing those and seeing how the doc, Patrick and the second Doctor was early in his in his regeneration, uh, I just thought that was more of that. I never thought, oh, he's just suffering from whatever weird post-regeneration issues And that's are. exactly what it is, because if you'll, you'll notice when it's, we listen to or watch Reconstruction of the Highlanders, and then we all are familiar enough with Underwater Menace, he's still kind of this same it's just early, aloof, you know, well, and, and mysterious. It's not, and not, it's, it's a mysterious second Doctor, but it's not that different. I mean, Max of Terror, another one he's, where he's... he's He's still the same second Doctor, at least to me, as far as I can see in what he's doing. It's just almost more the surroundings are so different and alien to him that he's kind of taking his time taking things in instead of 
instantly running and going. Right. He's he's a little more reserved, a little less childlike. Yeah, and, and not and, necessarily and that those elements aren't there. In just, later stories where with Victoria and even with some of Zoe that he's kind of the same way. The second doctor does have his moments of being reserved and mysterious. So it, it just feels like he's let off of that a lot as he went further into the regeneration. But this is why he does that later is because he started out this way. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I agree. But um, yeah. it's interesting that Ben is so, who are you? what's going on and Polly's, and Polly's accepting. by by episode 2 she's like all right yep it's a doctor yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things well, that I, I thought was really yeah, well done was, was i mean it's quite it's just masterful with okay cuz this is a pretty big shakeup oh yeah we're going to replace the lead actor in the show but we're we're going to do it in front of you this isn't like Dick York and Dick Sargent. This is like we're just <laughs> we're going to call out the fact that we're we're going to make attention look it's a different guy and so you kind of get both reactions from your audience out of the two companions. You get the, but I want it to be the doctor. You know, this is still the doctor, right? From Polly. And then you get the, no, I don't believe it. Who is this imposter from, from Ben? And so they're, they're both giving the audience mirroring what we're going through going, yeah, well, who is this guy? Well, but I want it to be him. And, oh, it is you. Well, but maybe not. And, and it just, the whole thing was really well done. I'm just really, I don't yeah. know. I'm really shocked by that. I just kind of expected them to flub it and, have lucked and their have, way through and it. And have both companions be like, all right, yeah, it's the Doctor. Of course it is. And, 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 and maybe a lot of it was luck and flubbing their way through it, and I'm just accepting of it now. You know, the well, hindsight for, of, of rose-colored glasses. For listeners that might not get the uh, reference that Sean was referring to, Dick York and Dick Sargent were the actors that played Darren oh, yeah, yeah, on Bewitched. <laughs> and uh, about halfway through the series of Be- uh, Bewitched, uh, Darren, who was originally played by Dick Sargent, was replaced by Dick York. And there was nothing ever said about it, so... I mean, because they're playing the same character. But anyway, that's the they kind of look the same. That's I the think. reference, especially for anybody maybe in the UK don't, that don't listen or that don't know Bewitched <laughs> well enough. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I, I thought it was um, just really well put together, constructed. The, yeah, I, I was I was very very impressed with that first episode coming off of the hind end of it and. And finally, seeing how this you know all came out because I haven't listened to it. I have I have no information about Power of the Daleks other than Daleks are in it, and it's the first. Patrick and it's Trump. the first Patrick Trump. That's pretty much all I knew about it. So, and it's six parts. <laughs> a, a hindsight thing that I kind of wish would have happened that other doctors got to do is it is a bit weird that he wakes up in his new form already changed clothes with the cloak over him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the smallest of complaints I can find with yeah. the whole thing. My smallest of complaints is when uh, they're captured in, I think it was the first episode, or not captured, they're not captured. They're in their quarters, and at one point, Stephen and Polly have, uh, Stephen? Ben. No. Ben and Polly have the pajama oh. outfit on, and then they cut back to them later, and they have their old clothes on, and then later it's suggested that they need to get different clothes for them. Oh, and I, thought, oh I, I saw that. <laughs> and super, I, super. I, I watched that and went, "Oh, we need to get some extra clothes for them." And then they turn, and then it cuts to them, and they're in their outfits. And I went, I "Thought they'd already changed." Yeah. 
and it bugged me. And so when the episode ended, I went back and looked for it. And I was like, sure enough, there's yeah. a scene there that's like, oh, this is like Hanna Barbera animation. <laughs> well, that, that seems like an animation issue. Yeah, I, an animation I'm, issue. I'm pretty sure in the actual show, Patrick was no, in his I'm new sure outfit. No, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, no, Pat- no, Patrick no, was Patrick, in his actual yeah, no, new outfit you're, you're when you're he sat up. Right. And, um, yeah. I I don't know. I well, it, it's it's I'd it's, have it's to go back because Patrick me. has the the checkered pants. But at the beginning of the episode, did he have the checkered pants or did he have the pinstripes? I don't remember because I thought he had the real like because even Hartnell at the end of Tenth Planet he has checkered s- plants. They're the, they're the little tiny checks, you know, where there's like pinstripes going both ways, both directions, cut, yeah. creating that pattern. And I could have swore that when Patrick Trotton got up, he's just had the cloak, the shirt, and the because he even doesn't he the bow tie's already on too. Was the bow tie yeah. on oh, okay. and tied? Because <laughs> he messes with the bow tie at the beginning of the animation. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if the tied part was something that was lost without the video aspect of it. So maybe he would tie it. I mean, there is just audio and some of that stuff. So I don't know. Man, I, I I just chalked all that regeneration stuff up to what actually happened at the time, as right, opposed right. to any animation stuff. Here, 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 no, here. that definitely is true. Yeah. No, he does wake up in the new outfit. Um. And and, and here's why. The first regeneration is really rough, and it burned up his clothes, and the TARDIS provided him with new ones from the stores. <laughs> <laughs> Just T-matted them right onto him, and uh, figured, you know, well, this will do for now. I'm in a hurry. I've got to grab something. Threw him in that, and um, he just kept it. I'll accept that headcanon for now. <laughs> That's how that works. Why not? <laughs> I wonder, that's something I wonder, when, when the second regeneration came about, when they went into Pertwee's era, did they consciously sit down and decide, this is how we're going to handle this now that we know this is an ongoing thing? I mean, did they did they begin to write rules for it at that time and well, say, see, this uh, is how this is going to work? Or? I, I wonder if that was more along the lines of uh, no, here, Baker here. with Tom, because we they didn't know who Pertwee was going to, who was going to be the third Doctor. Is it, wasn't that why we didn't get uh, actual That's why we didn't get a regeneration sequence uh, uh, on proper, screen. Yeah. yeah, that's why he stumbles out of the TARDIS. I, they I, didn't. They didn't write any. Let's get this straight. Back in the day, they didn't care about that kind of thing. They didn't write any sort of rules. They didn't. Do, it was. I think it was as the show progressed, and probably as Keith's alluding to, it wasn't until the Tom Baker era that they kind of decided that they would focus on the fact that they were actually changing the clothes, because you know uh, even. Uh, Colin Baker sets up in in uh, the clothes of uh, Peter Davison, and Peter and Davison Tom sets up in the clothes yeah. of Tom of Tom, yeah, of Tom Baker, and yeah. So it, there was no forethought ahead of that. There were that. This is I just well, that's why I, mean, I just wonder if, if, the, can, if the writer can, of Spearhead you can, you can expunge any. Well, the thing is, his point is that the writer of Spearhead. He just needed to have something to put him on. Into. Yeah, exactly. He's coming right, out. Right, but time, but, so. but did he do that from the standpoint of I've got to put him in an outfit, or did he do that from the standpoint of you know what's always bugged me is that Patrick Travis <laughs> sat up wearing this outfit. I'm going to fix it. No, and and no, and just I don't think did he did it that I way. I think on just from everything that you read, nobody even thought about that sort of thing. It wasn't until the 1970s that they started. Next going, time I see Terrence, I'm going to ask. Him. <laughs> well, that's a story he hasn't told yet. I'm going to ask. Him. I'm trying to remember what outfit he does. He. he well, he steals the he outfit still, he from steps, the hospital. The, but he, he comes, falls, out, of, he falls comes out, out of the TARDIS. TARDIS in the black jacket and the check pants. Yeah, yeah. So. Much too short for him. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been. <laughs> I, 
I don't feel like I can comment too much more on the rest of the story, though, but because the first episode ends, and so much of the first episode and some of the second episode focus so much on the companion's reaction to the regeneration. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a good good thing to touch on. The, the Dalek stuff was kind of hmm, interesting. I sat here watching this thinking to myself how marvelous Psychic Paper has been. <laughs> because he could just walk up and claim to be, everybody would believe he'd be this inspector and he wouldn't need a button that says all the, access. The, the button works the same way as in... That's what I mean. It's, it's just, just somebody wouldn't have to die. This, this is a really nice, <laughs> you know, all-inclusive pass that they've given him for this episode, and normally it's not this easy. Oh, okay. and, and wow, psychic paper is a great, a great thing because it <laughs> makes it this easy. Yeah. Although I, I question the security methods. That here's a button. Don't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can I get one of those for the White House? Thanks. There's my button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Keith today. <laughs> you go be me. But, um, no, I, like I said, and, you know, as soon as they show the capsules, like, that's it. That's the Dalek <laughs> thing. I know the Daleks are in there, even though I didn't. But, and then, you know, the that, out- that first cliffhanger reveal is pretty great of the Daleks rolling screen out. underneath. The- yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Well, coming the, out. The, and the, the, and then the, the, the first one was, yeah. Yeah, yeah under the door. Well, you the see door. the Dalek, and then it goes, yeah. Did the Dalek move? I didn't think the Dalek moved. I can't remember. I, just that one just arm falling down, but, yeah, I yeah. don't think it did at the end. The arm fall down too, and that one. When they first got into when they first got into the capsule, and they're covered in cobwebs and everything, one of the suction cups is up, and it actually goes tunk, and Polly screams because that's what you have to do. And then they see the things. And then they see the thing scurry under the door. But just both of those reveals were pretty, pretty great. That that was the one that when when he opened the second door. Oh yeah, and it went (laughs) and did that thing. I was like. I know what this is. <laughs> All suspense is gone. I know what this is. And I'm very excited. <laughs> and the sound effects and everything are right. I know, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> we discussed it like with uh, the New York crappy one that it didn't matter. Evolution the, of the Daleks. Daleks in Manhattan. That one. The the when when we get the view through the eye stock, they're in the title. We know they're coming, but we still get that giddy. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> Even though they spoil the surprise, it's like, yeah, here they come. <laughs> so far, the power aspect of the Daleks is, surpri- is uh, part of the story surprises me a little bit. I did not realize that's what the power part Actually, of the title they meant. They need power. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those twofold titles. Where yeah. Eventually, it'll pay off the, the second way. You, th- you thought it was going to be might of the Daleks versus <laughs> the, 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 the juice. I of just the never Daleks. knew right? energy of the Daleks. <laughs> I, I know they gave us a couple of lines of the doctors told us about the Daleks, but Ben's reaction to these things are evil and horrible seems a little stronger than they should since he hasn't encountered the Daleks personally. Because the last time we saw them was the chase, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been a while. Yep. It's been a good long while then. Yeah, Ben and Polly haven't even had him. So I, I, he... And you can... Tell horror stories of Daleks, and but I don't. I don't. Yeah, the Doctor. I can't remember. It seems to me that in War Machines, the Doctor, because he presumes it might be Daleks. It's been a while since we've watched that. Tells one. Ben and Polly about the Daleks at that time, but we just watched that one recently. Well, it was a while ago, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. A couple years. No, 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 no. We just watched it this year. Rewatched it. We did for uh, 
when we went to uh, Time Eddie. Oh, yeah. None, you none guys, of us. None of you us guys did. Were, you may have watched it. I didn't. <laughs> none of us were there. <laughs> I was for, asleep. Well, you, you watched it. I watched it. I guess maybe you weren't there. Uh-uh. It was a Friday Night Who. Was it the week of but Time I didn't, Eddie? I didn't no, that was it. Five Doctors. Oh, there was Five Doctors. I don't. I don't remember watching the War Machine since yeah, the last time we did it. When no, we, I, we, 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 I listened to the audio on the way down to Time Eddie, but that was mm-hmm. it. Was. Well, regardless, it seemed you watched it before Time Eddie. Maybe that's what you're thinking of, Sean. Just preparing yourself. Maybe that's what it was. Both, both you and I did that. Uh you know what? I'm going back to the schedule. I think you're right. I just decided to watch it because it was a Polly episode, and I wanted some some background on her. So just Ben's Never kind of <laughs> reaction still seems a bit stronger than I think it should be for never meeting them. But, you know, you got to sell that to somebody. So. you got to sell it to the audience. Yeah, the audience and the people. <laughs> if they said, yeah, this guy says they're horrible, they wouldn't believe them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that's interesting about that is the fact that Ben's the one that's kind of doubting him through the whole thing and yet when it comes to this he's like they're evil or this and this. I mean it's all information that's come from the maybe doctor it, maybe so. if it had been Polly saying that how evil they were because he tr- she trusts this new doctor I would be able to swallow it a little easier but because Ben is doing both at the same time it seems a little weird maybe that's Ben starting to accept it it could Th- be this guy maybe, knows the Daleks and, are evil the, the old doctor said the Daleks were evil so okay will resolve itself for me as the story progresses yeah I could Maybe. Maybe they won't touch on it again. Who knows? <laughs> um, I did like all the callbacks. I, I thought that was kind of a fun thing, too, to really kind of drive home the point that, yeah, this is the same guy when he mentions his, uh, mentions, his, um, mentions the crusade and Saladin with the, with the blade. And then um, Marco Polo. Marco Polo and, yeah. and, and kind of going back through the greatest hits, as it were. So, yeah, I thought I that was cool. Well, should we move on then to, uh, what was the name of the? I can't pronounce it. Justice of Jalxar. 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 They call him the pugilist. It is the dawn of a new century and a vigilante is on the loose. The scourge of the criminal underclass. The savior of the virtuous and the protector of the weak. The police are baffled, the public enamored. But Professor George Lightfoot and Henry Gordon Jago are on the case. Or at least they will be when they finish their beer. What is the source of the pugilist's spectacular supernatural powers? Is he alone in his noble quest? And what is his connection to the spate, spate, spat of corpses discovered around London? As they descend further into a nefarious netherworld... The infernal investigations, investigators may be out of their depth. They're going to need help if they're going to get out of this alive. The help of an old friend and, and his new assistant. The help of the doctor and Romana. Dun, dun, dun. I liked it. Yeah, this one was quite, a lot of fun. Quite delightful. And a large portion of that, I think, can uh, rest squarely on the shoulders of Jago and Lightfoot. Yeah, because yeah, they they're agree. just such yep. enjoyable characters. And now I'm ready to start that series. <laughs> now, this wasn't their first return, right? They'd yeah. been around back yeah. for a while by this point. Yeah, but I like the way that they played off the fact that this would have been their first time they would have seen, they would have met the Doctor again. Yes. I like the way they did that. So, And there's a lot of great references to their previous adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like the bit where Romana was offered food and no utensils. <laughs> 
some reason got the impression I wouldn't need them. <laughs> <laughs> the story itself is pretty fun, too. Uh, and enjoyable. A nice vigilante uh, in Victorian England with a spaceship that crashed to help spur him on. I rather enjoyed it. I really like the idea of this um, Judge Dredd-style robot that's just dispensing justice as it sees fit. It reads your mind and kind of sees... reads your guilt. Yeah, it's a neat idea. And the only thing that kind of keeps it in check is... It's Handler. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little tired of Spring Hill Sophie. <laughs> or Spring Hill Jack, whatever the... Spring the... Hill Jack. This is only, what, the second reference? Was this, I don't has know. there been it, more it, than that? It, it feels like the third or fourth story that we've had that has had the, the, the idea of it in it. Maybe not. It may have only been two, but it's just kind of like, okay, we get that this was a person. <laughs> Maybe because I'm not British, I don't find the allure of that. But there's a comic too, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's, it is what it is. So uh, should we do a companion archive? On <laughs> you could at this point. Three stories. Big finishing. But um, yeah, no, I I, I, th- I thought Tom was uh, in fine form. I thought uh, Romana wasn't given quite as much to do as I was kind of hoping for. But when you have Jago and Lightfoot, it's kind of easy to be overshadowed and. But what's great was when she got captured. She, they were on their way out by the time they were on their way in. Yeah. So that was that was a nice. That was a she nice... still got to do enough stuff that she wasn't waiting to get rescued by the three guys. Right. Yeah. The whole uh, uh, faking falling on the floor to pick up the glass so that they could use that to cut the ropes later. That was neat. Yeah. I love how and her bemoaning uh, the fact of time lords are <laughs> so beyond everything but rope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of clever little lines in this, and I think oh, yeah. it comes down to the fact that we were writing a story that have Jago Lightfoot, which already is is a lot of humor. But that that humor is spread also to the Doctor and, and Romana, and it works really well. Yeah. Well, and plus, it's a Tom Baker story. You kind of there's going to be a lot of humor there, anyways. Just because Tom brings so much levity to the character and alienness to it, that makes it funnier. Obviously, he can be very serious when need be, but typically his stories and his character is more fun and more funny, at least for me. Like the ending, uh, uh, the climax, when he's convincing the robot to come after him as opposed to anybody else, and admitting his guilt over the millions of lives and it's like yeah. wow he that's carries a, that weight with him but still can crack a joke the next line yeah, yeah well and it's kind of a heavy moment for tom oh I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's not something you normally you don't really get with his doctor and then obviously as, as you and i often discuss in light of uh the war doctor and the all of that that it's just you 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 get you get so much more of that, even though that's yet to come. But it, it just you you, you, well, yeah, you buy if, it. If the doctor is feeling Sorry, this my... at this point, imagine it, it kind of adds more weight to the war doctor of how much more blood he feels is on his right. hands at that point down his ro- down the road. But then being able to to make a joke of it later is, yeah. is just okay. That's still Tom. <laughs> <laughs> still the fourth doctor. And what a great plan! Come run along the the dock, Jetty. <laughs> Oh, you fell in. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that he showed up and just sonicked it and 
caused havoc for the machine just because of it's steam powered. Yeah. And he was able to overpower it with the water. And I, I, I wasn't sure at first that I liked it when she says, well, just Sonic it. And he's like, oh, I left it in my other code. And then I kind of, I, I, I dealt with that, you know, you, you've shown me how efficient the Sonic is, again, that it's this, yeah, it can do everything tool. And now you've taken it away from me, and I'm not sure that I'm happy with that either. Because <laughs> <laughs> quite honestly, that seemed kind of lame that he left it in his other coat. I mean, come on. But it worked. But it worked. Because he they did. They, had to, they, they all dressed in disguises in order to go into the pub, and so... And they did need a more permanent solution than the Sonic. Yeah. 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 I think it worked really well. Well, I don't know how permanent a rusting robot at the bottom of the... <laughs> That's more permanent than temporarily disabling it with the Sonic. Yeah. I suppose there's that. I really like how the fourth Doctor, apparently whenever he lands in this time period, insists on dressing like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> that is something I think he would do. What was it? Romana said... Uh... I don't think they actually really wore deer. Was it deer runners? That was deer, stalkers. deer stalkers. Deer stalkers. <laughs> I don't think they actually wore deer stalkers in this time. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's going to go wear his Sherlock Holmes hat. <laughs> I have this image in my head now of the sixth doctor wearing a similar outfit, but bright multicolored plaid with the hat and... <laughs> Just the exact same outfit with the cloak just and the overcoat. Just, just make it look like the rainbow coat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But... <laughs> Somebody draw that. Somebody get out there and Photoshop that together for me. <laughs> I don't have much more to say. It's, 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 a, it's a good, fun story, and um, I think it's neat to have a vigilante kind of sort of semi-superhero in Victorian London running around eradicating... The bad guys. And the little love story of the fact that he fell in love with this girl and he wanted to protect her and get her away from that life. I think it was very very well done. Very yeah, well it's a very well done story. It's, it's, it's a nice, tight, self-contained, and here it is. They, and they weren't afraid to go to the fact that he sacrifices himself for her and, and uh, realizes the error of his ways, even though the doctor warned him ahead of time. Wouldn't let him come with him because of that. It's good. I liked it. I like the, um, the the sound effects uh, on the robot, too. Yeah. That it had that really great, when it spoke, and it's got the deep, gravelly robot voice. And, and you just, yeah, I can envision this thing, you know. But isn't it described, With a cloak over it. But isn't it described <laughs> as a little tiny robot, and it's got a cloak on it making it look a yeah. little more menacing than it is? Because he says it's, I think it's uh, Lightfoot that says something to the fact that you know, it's, Barely knee high to something. Uh, he didn't use the grasshopper, knee high to grasshopper. He's barely knee high to something. He had some sort of colloquialism that he used. Yeah, in my head, it's a quirk, but you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but higher pitch or deeper pitch voice. Yes, yes. It's good. I liked it. I quite quite enjoyed it. You know, when watching Talons of Wing Chang, I I remember liking Django and Lightfoot, Jago and Lightfoot, Django, Django, <laughs> Gordon Henry, Jago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of fun of humor too but this story more more so I I when I then found out oh they did a whole line of big finish audios that made me go really? <laughs> I enjoyed those characters but enough to give them a full well we had them thing? In, we had them in the Eighth Doctor story where uh, uh, was it Eighth Doctor? did we? 
Yeah. I, I this, is the, this is the first audio that I remember. No, no, no. We had him uh, with an Eighth Doctor story where uh, I can't remember the details of it. There was a uh, an actor. Um, oh gosh, not audio. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had an audio with him. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Well, I'm going, my own. I don't think they've appeared at least yet in any of the Eighth Doctors that we have done. And I can also you're, vouch I think, for Maybe them. you're thinking on the last... Oh, Sixth Doctor. Sixth it was in yeah, Doctor. No, he, yes, they do yeah, come I'm back sorry. on the Sixth. I'm sorry, it was in a Sixth Doctor audio. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, not Eighth Doctor. Which we have listened to. No. No, it's the last adventure, according to TARDIS Wiki. Oh, I listened to it, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I remember it, because I have already listened to that. Okay, never mind. We Is it the last adventure? Because I thought there was another there's, one. There's, a, there's, there's, a, a, there's a couple of them Venus. with Voyage to Venus is with uh, the Sixth Doctor uh, as well. Voyage to the New World. I'm trying to see who that is. That's the Sixth Doctor also. So it, it is a number of yeah. Sixth yeah. Doctor ones. But we haven't done any, any of those. Uh, the Last Adventure is what I'm thinking of. And yes, I, I would listen to that one on my own. So. Well, having not listened to those <laughs> or really experienced them in audio, I now get the appeal more. Uh the alliteration that they give, I, I still have trouble keeping track of who's who. Jago, I think, the the alliteration they give him and the way he speaks is just wonderful. <laughs> and now I do want to, I, I was always kind of, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll get to the Jago and Lightfoot uh, audios eventually. But now I'm, I'm much more interested to go <coughs> dip into those. Excuse me. <coughs> it's one of those that, and I, I remember the, one of the complaints that I have about Talons is that the, these are two really great, very well-rounded, very well-thought-out, interesting characters. And putting them together is sheer genius. Unfortunately, they don't get together, it seems like, until episode 5 or 6, if I remember the, the, the story correctly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and that it's, it's just like that we needed more of this, and that whoever whoever watched Talons a whole lot and then went, you know what this needs? <laughs> I need more of just these guys. Um, thank you for figuring that out. So, um, yeah, this I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm with you. I'm ready to, to, to delve into those. And well, and especially now that uh, Big Finish has the noose who licensed, uh, I really want to see Jago and Lightfoot with Bastra and the team. Oh, that would be really Because cool. it's the same yeah. time period. Yeah, that would be really It's cool. the 1890s, so, I mean. There are 12 Jago and Lightfoot series? Yeah. yeah. My <laughs> well, I guess he does. they do have one audio with Strax. Wow. Yeah, they do have. That's right. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if that's a standalone or if you need to have listened to the other 12. <laughs> well, I guess it's after Series 10, so the other 10 series. That being said, there's only four stories per series, so, I mean, it's not too... No, it's not insurmountable. It's just, you know... I, I just think it's one of those fun things. It's like, yeah, we're going to renew you for another season. Oh, goody. <laughs> Yeah, and I, th- I seem to remember reading an interview with one of them where they talked about, did you ever, in your wildest dreams, think you would be coming <laughs> back to this character all these years later? And they're like, no. Well, those two guys must be considerably old, too, because they were older gentlemen in Talons, and that yeah. was in 1977, 78? Oh, it was even earlier than that. That's just, wow. That's, it's a good thing they've put 12 series under their belt now. <laughs> It was probably one of those things after they after they saw how season one came out and how magical it, it must be. They went, I want you to just continue to green light this. There's no question. We're going to get as much information out of these guys <laughs> as we can. Put them to work. Uh, 
but yeah, they're definitely the highlight of this. Not that, oh, like I said, not that the story's bad or, no. or you know, needing a highlight in any way, because I think it's I think it I think it would have worked just as fine without them. Yeah. But having them there is just so much more fun and enjoyable, and it just elevates the rest of the cast in my mind. Yeah, so. I would agree. And I was a little worried about not doing Talons before diving into this one. I think you're okay. But there's only fell a, right back into it. Yeah, there, there's a couple <laughs> of references, but other than that, I mean... And the references it, were obvious. And it helps know. that it's been ten years for the characters. It's yeah. not fresh for them either, so... Now, do we know chronologically, have they... The, the six Doctor Adventures, are they sandwiched in between those ten that years? or does it, I was kind of hoping that this would be the next chronological step for Jago and Lightfoot coming back to the Doctor, well, but I don't know. Now that, we, now that you've said that you reminded me there were ten years in between, it just seems strange that they would have done that. Maybe that's why they're more... Maybe that's why they're, it can't be because of the fact that they just saw the Doctor in his sixth incarnation and suddenly they're seeing him in his fourth incarnation again. So that might be why that's reaction, reacting. I was looking through the wiki to see if they had any sort of continuity on that, but I don't see anything, although I'm struggling to get my iPad to work here. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't see any... Well, uh, Some of the sixth Doctor stuff, according to this, takes place okay. in the fourth, fifth, and sixth season of Jago and Lightfoot. So... Uh, According to the TARDIS wiki, of course, the Doctor says at the end he's sure he will be reunited with him in the fullness of time. Six years earlier in Jago and Lightfoot's timeline, they met the Doctor's sixth incarnation. There you go. Who was so. operating under a pseudonym. So it did fit well, but he was under a pseudonym. I but then they did learn his true identity. Oh, uh, okay. So, yes. And traveled with him in the TARDIS for a brief period. So yeah. that explains the reaction. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Voyage of Venus and Voyage of the New World take place between series four and five of Jago and Lightfoot. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. That might have been the reason for that reaction. That I think is probably the biggest challenge to Big Finish. See, people ask, where should I jump on? It's like you can jump on anywhere. The problem or the the challenge lies in once you have jumped on, they're so good about fitting things into television holes yeah and then they go back and fit things into holes that they left right, right. <laughs> that you're kind of like i need a map <laughs> but that being said the the most stories still stand alone well enough that you don't need to worry about those things yeah it was a small throwaway line in this one of them it, it's it's a nod to those who know that history otherwise it it didn't lose anything in the story for me yeah exactly. no there's very 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 yeah. few of them have we listened to that's like oh man i wish we'd have done that first but yeah of course, we're also kind of going through in order. That's for the most that's part. my OCD. <laughs> for the most part. So now I'm thinking. I'm already thinking ahead, going. Well, we watch. We'll listen to one through five of Jago and Lightfoot, and then we'll have to go seek out the sixth Doctor and find out where we're at in his timeline, so that we can <laughs> put those in before we do season well, six I think, through twelve. Uh, new, uh, the the two that you were alluding to, the first two. Those are actually standalone stories. Those aren't in the main range. So yeah, they're, I think they're all special releases. Yeah. They have not appeared in the main range at all, according to the TARDIS wiki. That made me feel any better about where they're placed. <laughs> it still depends on the. Uh, I guess my the six doctors time. My, my my point of saying that is, you don't have to worry about interrupting the main range. Oh yeah, uh, continuity, continuity that you're yeah. in. So. Well, it was like stepping aside from Evelyn to Frobisher. You know, just, right? I, I I know this is at a different point, but right. <laughs> Anyway, thoroughly enjoyable. Yes. I'm looking forward to more Fourth Doctor Adventure stories. 
All right, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, uh, a few changes. So if you have not been to our website recently, I would strongly recommend that if you are interested in what's coming up. Uh, we are doing a Web of Fear for Friday Night Who, both this coming week and next, because it's a six-parter, so we're splitting it in half. Uh, next week's show is uh, going to have our look at Power of the Daleks Episode 3, which will have dropped by that point, so spoiler in advance for that. And they're also going to do uh, kind of another book review segment where we're going to take a look at some more Candy Jar shorts. We're going to do uh, The Creatures in the Cave by Rick Cross, which was, um, I don't know, somehow we missed that from <laughs> Havoc Files 1. So uh, we're going to put it on the schedule now. <laughs> uh, we're going to do The Last Duty by Christopher Bryant. Eve of the Fomorians by Robert Mamome. I think that's how it's pronounced, Robert. You'll have to let me know. And then The Lost Skin, Episode 1 by Andy Frank Allen. So we will knock those out next week. And then after uh, Web of Fear, uh, Parts 4 through 6 the following week, we will be doing Power of the Daleks, Episode 4, and a look at the just-released Lethbridge-Stewart book, Times Squared, by Rick Cross. And further... Uh, visions and redendums are on the schedule going all the way up through uh, the end of the year. And if you are already doing... Uh, and if you are already supporting us on Patreon, we appreciate it. But if you're not, why not? Why don't you do so? Um, all of the yeah, money, why not? All of that money that you uh, <laughs> uh, donate to this show through Patreon goes right back into this podcast. You can find a link to that on our website, TravelingTheVortex.com. If you want to send us feedback, Keith, how can you do that? You can send it to feedback at Traveling the Vortex or just go to our website, TravelingTheVortex.com, and send the, uh, fill out the Send Us Feedback tab. Uh, there's a nice little form there. It makes it quick and easy, and you'll get a confirmation that uh, you sent feedback. Yeah. Uh, you can also reach out to us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter. All right. Is that going to do it for this week, guys? I believe so. Yeah. If so, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.